On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we have the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcasts up for you this evening. We're talking about, well, some court cases that you have to wonder, what were they thinking? We're talking about taxes, new taxes, new ideas for taxes. We love this, don't we? Yeah, and names that the Raptors might have been called had things gone a little bit differently. True names. They were up for voting. They, by and large, were stupid, but we discussed them. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. In studio with Mike Fortune of Cable 14 fame for the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. And Mike, uh, as I said off the top today, there are a number of things we're going to talk about this week that fall into the what were you thinking? What were you thinking? We're, we're jumping the gun on Jamie West's show that's here tomorrow. As long as we're not jumping the shark. Warming people up for that one with this. But let me start with this story because this, of all the stories that we may get to today, this one jumped out at me the most vigorously. Okay, hit me. A lawyer who is representing a guy who was involved in several home invasion style robberies in the Hamilton Niagara Corridor, the lawyer has argued that his client should receive a reduced sentence because during one of the home invasion style robberies, the owner of the home shot him. And therefore, because he ate a bullet in the commission of a crime, that should be something to help his sentencing and give be a mitigating factor. He's already paid the price, basically. He's already paid a big price, and therefore, and, and it caused, you know, health issues and... Does it say where he got shot? I'm just curious. Um, in the body. Uh, upper extremity, lower uh, extremity. Uh, uh, it's uh, shot in the leg. Okay, so a lower body injury. No, uh, upper... Well, um, no, I'm not well, sure if the, I'm not sure if it was him who was shot in the leg. Somebody was shot in the leg. Anyway, he was shot. He was shot. Suffered a great deal of pain. Yes, I'm sure it did cause Walking a great with deal a limp. of pain. I'm sure. But how do you? I, I mean, look, I, it's the lawyer is doing what lawyers are supposed to do. He's, he's arguing. He's arguing for his client. But how do you go into a courtroom <laughs> and make the case that while doing something? Not only horribly illegal and horribly wrong, but clearly, as we've seen in other cases and with this one, that has the potential for not just someone to be shot, but someone to be killed. We, home invasions, the reason that they are so heavily dealt with is because the chances for some horrible thing to happen is very, very high. I How do you possibly then position this and say somehow my guy is a victim? I find it fascinating with lawyers, and I think sometimes you just have to roll the dice, throw something against the wall, and see if it sticks, and you just never know, depending on the jury, depending on the judge, depending on any numerous type of circumstances that are in there, because there's that just, you're, you know how you always say, well, you got a 99% chance? So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, yeah, from Dumb you, and Dumber. For, you know, you're, so you're telling me there's a chance. You just never know what you're going to get once you get into that courtroom. And someone might have a little empathy, sympathy, whatever you want, whatever empathy uh, fee you want to put on it and say, you know what? Yeah, maybe he has done his time. He's learned his lesson, let's hope. Well, just a second, because if I read this story correctly, uh, let me go back here, because uh, being shot, uh, his client turned to drugs after being shot, which resulted in further criminal activity. So because of his... 
drug addiction that was caused by being shot, he create he did more bad things. But because of the pain that he was in for being shot, had he not been shot, he wouldn't have had to go and take drugs to to. Uh, I get you, and get I know you through everything, and I know you're playing devil's advocate. But had he not <laughs> gone into that house or committed that crime, he would have never been shot. I I I covered a case many many years ago, long before I did sports, long before I did radio. I covered courts really? in in Brantford. Another page of the Scott Radley mm. book. I got to write that one down. And I remember there was a guy whose defense was, I was too drunk to have known what I was doing. And this is not an uncommon defense. I was too drunk to have known what I was doing. I can't be possibly held responsible because I was so loaded that I would never have done this, but the alcohol caused me to do it. And the, the judge very wisely, I believe the judge said, okay, uh, who Put the who poured the alcohol down your mouth? If you were pinned to the ground by a gang of marauding alcohol distributors, <laughs> and they forced you into drunkenness, <laughs> you may have a defense. But if you put the booze into your mouth, if you drank of your own volition, you are then the cause of your behavior through the series of events, and you are responsible but for then it. But if, then, if you're a good lawyer, could you not possibly spin it? And say there my, was a my, gang of my, marauding or, alcohol or, distributors. Or my client, you know, he, he has an addiction. He has an illness. He well, is an alcoholic. These are not normally things that he does do when he is sober or off the wagon, but he just, he had a lapse. That and, probably would have been an interesting one. And we'll get to that one a little later in the show. Uh, 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 that answer in a court setting, because there's another one oh, coming up. Oh, is there? Up. Okay. I'm not trying to steal your No, thunder. no, okay. not at all. Okay. But I simply look at this and I think to myself, what happens? Now, this, to best of my knowledge, oh, sorry, is, the judge will make his decision July 10th, so we have no decision Is on there this. precedent set for this? Like, there I'm, may I'm be. wondering, who knows? But if a judge okay. were to decide that you get a much lighter sentence because something bad happened while you were in the commission of committing a violent criminal act, does that not open a billion different doors for a billion different people? Contemplate what this would mean. If a judge or anyone else or a jury, but in this case, it's a judge were to say, yeah, you know what? That thing you suffered, that injury you suffered in the commission of a crime should reduce your sentence. To me, I'm trying to think of other circumstances that this could play out. And think now you've got someone who has been convicted and not this guy, he's not doing this, but you've got someone who's been convicted, let's say, hypothetically, of sexually assaulting a woman. Oh, you can't compare the two. Just a second. And when it goes to court... The guy says, yes, but he got some sort of sexually transmitted disease from her and now he's suffering. Uh, you, you can't compare the you two. You can compare no, the two. No, I because don't think, in, because sexual assault nowadays and, and always, it's, it's it's one of the lowest things you could do to another is. human being but the, because you're taking away from, from, from them. You're stealing from their body. Well, in this but, case, you're stealing from the safety but, of their home. I'm not you, comparing, I'm not putting them on stuff. the... I'm not putting that on the same level. My argument here is if you're arguing that someone suffering a, a wound, an injury, whatever, as a result of committing a crime reduces it, that's one you could use. That anytime you do something illegal, if you're hurt, it reduces. No, that shouldn't be the case. And I think that is the way lawyers go about it. They try to find a soft spot. They try to do play every angle they can, whether to the judge or the jury, to say, Help me help my client out a little bit here. He's he's paid for his sins. He feels horrible for what he's done. You know, he's probably not going to get off scot-free. And I think we've seen this. I think judges over time have had a lesser sentence, depending on what it is, based on the story or what the, the criminal may have learned from 
his inappropriate actions. I think it happens all the time, actually. I'm sure it does. I I, I have zero in the way of sympathy. As far, now, if this man, and we don't know this, but if this man, this person who's being convicted and is going to be sentenced, if this guy has great remorse for what he's done and has turned his life around, to me, that's a different argument. That is a that is a different position from saying, I have suffered, therefore I deserve credit for this. Turning your life around is an entirely different position, and I applaud that. And for those people, because there are people who do make mistakes and do stupid things and make poor choices, but eventually turn around and become good good citizens, and I have lots of time for people like that. They still have to pay a penalty. Agreed. But I can, I can be a little lighter with that. So but are if, you a believer in second chances? Absolutely, then? I am. I'm a believer in second chances as long as the person is showing that they are... Showing the remorse. R- remorse and the lesson. And it's quite possible that this this guy has. And again, we don't know. We don't know what he looks like or what he does. No, and if, that's, and if he is arguing that I should get a lesser sentence because of remorse and I've turned my life around, that's not what's being explained here. Yeah, that's, probably... that's different from I got hurt. Therefore, I deserve a break. And but maybe they just they intertwine all of that as part of it. This is just this is what's gonna this is what's gonna sell the story in the news headlines. Having a news headline saying, "Well, he's changed his life and he wants a lesser sentence." No one cares about that. But he's been shot three times. So if the, if he had if he had died, the the criminal here at while being We'd shot, we'd be talking about nothing. Sorry. No, if he had been shot, if he'd been killed by the shotgun blast, yeah. and his family had sued the homeowner, would you have sympathy for them? Would you say that they should get something because he over because he their their guy suffered? No, he was absolutely one thousand percent from what we are reading in the wrong. But he the, created his own problem. Again, you find a good lawyer who finds the precedents, who goes through the laws. This happened here in Hamilton, like in Canada. Yep. I don't think you're allowed to shoot someone on your on your property. You're not allowed to own you're a allowed, gun. Yes, you're allowed to defend yourself on your property, but right. it has to be in a life, I believe it has to be in a life-threatening, where you have reason to believe your life is threatened. So so, so then the, 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 the judge or the, you'll have to determine, well, was it one shot and you just shot him or was it multiple shots out of anger? Like there's so many different variables then that you would have to break that case down to on how the criminal was killed. Was it one shot to get rid of him and scare him off, or was it multiple shots? Because you know, there's, It's such a complex, so many layers to these things. I have a very, I think, a very good piece of advice. I think it's a wise piece of advice for anyone listening. If you intend to commit a crime, anything that happens to you while committing that crime your own bloody fault, and don't then turn around and complain about it in any way, shape, or form. Take your medicine, live with it. You're at fault, not the other person. You're at fault. You don't get credit for that. If you choose to do that, and that would not be a good thing to do, you live with what happens to you. But that's that's not how we operate, and that's not how we think. Because we're it should always, be. We're always, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but that is the way we always try to spin, to try to get ourselves out of situations to make things a little more better in, in our favor. We're, we're, how can we spin this somehow? We're all victims. I know I've done something wrong. We're all victims. We're all, we're all victims. Even when I'm breaking into someone else's house to rob them, I'm the victim here. Come on. Well, you, you, but you hear that all time. All right. So a moment ago, you suggested another possibility. We're going to talk about another court case when we come back. Wait for this one. 
Oh, this may be adults only, by the way, the next one. What so just were you thinking? Stay tuned. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Talking about the law, we've been talking about court a court case prior to this, but I want to go to a different case and uh, slightly different because nobody was shot in this one. So it's the, the, the physical harm here mm-hmm. is less. The emotional harm may be significant. Emotional harm. Well, a, a Niagara man has been in court because uh, he several times at um, weddings and other places, he, in an act that apparently, according to his lawyer, was part of the mating ritual mm-hmm. or the attraction, you know, the peacock with the feathers, the <laughs> um, he <laughs> just oh. whipped it out. And wiggled it around, and that was supposedly going to win the love and heart of the women that he was showing. Isn't that a Seinfeld episode? He took it out? Uh, it, it, yes. He took it out. Um, <laughs> at this point, anybody listening, if you don't know what it is, you're probably too young to be listening. There you go. Um, the lawyer's argument, and you raised the question before about whether or not the alcohol made him do something in that last yeah. case. In this case... The lawyer, this is a quote, he is not evil. He has an illness. He is suffering, according to the lawyer, from exhibitionist disorder. Wow. That's a good one. Meaning, I assume, I have not read up on exhibitionist disorder. I haven't done the full medical breakdown of this, (laughs) that he has some sort of compulsion that prevents him from leaving it harnessed properly in its holster and must, whenever he is... In the presence of a woman he finds appealing, zip, thump, must bring it out and let it fly. And, and I, is it because he, <laughs> does he get turned on because of the reaction? Um, I, or, individuals could, who hear it from the story, from the story, to answer your question, indivi- this is a quote from the story. Individuals who suffer from the condition, he explained, as okay. the lawyer, take a person's shocked response to their behavior to be a form of sexual interest. There you go. So, so, so it doesn't say response. That, well, it doesn't say that he was turned on. It just Im- it, it, it imbues in them a belief that, oh, they're interested in me by their shock. Yeah, it's like when you, it's like when you have a five-year-old who's constantly trying to get your attention, and if you stop ignoring them, right? So they always like the attention. Well, it would be like you jumping out from around a corner going, boo, and someone go, and screams, and you go, oh, they must like they me. They must like that. They must like I me. I do that all the time. Is there, so as I was reading this one, but, but how, and again, what were you thinking is so, the theme of the first hour. Go ahead. I was just going to say, how can you, you would have to have doctor after doctor after psychologist after psychologist try to get into this guy's brain because if it is actually a medical health issue, like how do you prove that it is or isn't? How do you know he's honestly just not doing it? How do you know this thing even exists? Like is honestly, Mike, is there any thing that we can't come up with some fancy medical name for a condition that would explain away the behavior. You can come up with a name for anything. You can make something up right now and it's a thing. Exhibition. That's where we are nowadays. Exhibitionist disorder. If this so if this passes, if this, sorry, not passes, if this succeeds, every person who's ever streaked a football game in high school or or a university game or been caught out on the road or whatever or done anything in which case they were naked and doing something stupid should all be thinking, why did I not hire a lawyer? I just have, I have a disorder. This isn't, this isn't me being a nut. 
or being stupid or making bad decisions, I have a disorder. And then that opens up a whole another can of worms that will just uh, put everyone in, in the wrong mindset, if you will. But yeah, again, if you are a lawyer and you are doing everything you can for your client, all you have to do is find that, that one syllable, that one verb, that one little phrase, and you can spin it into your favor to try to get the sympathy, to get them off. Okay, no so pun intended. A, a court heard that this guy exposed it during a wedding celebration in St. Catharines, as well as at a public library and a grocery store, and at one point followed a 26-year-old woman into a washroom to... I don't know how that just isn't all sexual assault and harassment, especially in this day and age with everything you're hearing and seeing. Well, that's what he's, I believe he's, is been, that charged. he's been charged He's been charged with so uh, several been... counts of indecent exposure. So he hasn't been charged with sexual assault or harassment. But uh, again, though. It all plays under that big umbrella nowadays, rightfully so. You're, you're, you're exposing I, yourself unwantingly to, to someone. You're doing something to someone that they don't want done to them. We, so again, if this gets traction, we have laws now in this country about things like hate speech. Mm-hmm. Now, hate speech, and we talked about this on the show last night, um, different people would have a different definition of what that is. Something that you may describe as hate speech may not be hate speech to someone else. There is some form of opinion built into that but if we are if this were to get traction and you were to say me exposing myself is because i have a condition how could you possibly then charge or go after anyone for words they say when you could just say it's a condition i have to speak my mind i have a i have a speaking condition i have a speaking condition <laughs> but the the part of this story that again <laughs> so this is in court and the argument that was given by the lawyer was that he had an exhibitionist disorder. And here's the here's the point of this whole story, Mike. It, it is ridiculous on its face, but the fact that you're going to court and arguing some sort of disorder, condition, mm-hmm. whatever, it's, somehow we need, I think, to have, and I don't know how you do it, but some kind of much more rigid, pardon me, strict <laughs> guidelines... I knew that was something was going to happen on what you are allowed to bring forward as a quote quote disorder because you know what you can find a psychologist mm-hmm. a psychiatrist a whatever somewhere who will say something that will fit in with this because how do you disprove it thoroughly how do you completely you, it's really it, it's almost impossible to disprove now because of he because he has this condition allegedly allegedly did he get a lesser sentence because of this so-called condition do we know the answer to that uh the answer to your question is the judge imposed a jail sentence of four months reduced to 36 days based on the amount of time the defendant had spent in pre-sentence custody so not based on a condition based on time that he had been held in custody but all you're getting is four months for taking it out repeatedly but if this is truly a condition should we not then expect that we will be hearing from this man within moments of his 36 days of jail expiring? Because if it's if it's an uncontrollable condition, one would think one it will just happen again and again and again. Now, unless they're giving him some sort of medication that is a or crazy glue on his fly, I don't know unless what. They, but or they put him in general population and they say, 
fix this guy. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's. <laughs> I just I find it the the problem with this in all seriousness and you know i mean it's a, it's in in some ways it's a bit of a ridiculous story i don't want to belittle the women who no of course not face this it's not that's not what this is but to me this makes the whole court system look ridiculous it really does look ridiculous you've got a, you're charged with this i understand what you said last segment if you're a lawyer you're going to throw whatever you can against the wall and hope that it sticks somehow spin but, the yarn but my goodness, it's there has got to be some um, respect, some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's another word, but for, for the court system, that let's not bring in. I think there's a this. A, I think there's a huge amount of respect for the court systems. That's why you know I actually I've been through the, the court systems. I've been on a jury, not not, not for exhibitionism, not for exhibitionism disorder Whew. dysfunction or anything like that. I've been on a jury, and I, I have much more appreciation for the court systems are and how the defense and the Crown kind of go at each other. I, I get it, and, and they both sides have jobs to do. And if you're a lawyer, it is your job also to do what you have to do to get a lesser sentence. I, I, look, I completely understand yeah. that part, but if you maybe it's, an, maybe it's a different way I'm thinking of it. If you're going to come in with a defense like this, you had better have compelling evidence to back this up. If you're going to come in with a theory like this, you better have something great. And if you don't, you know, we now have rules in this country about um, frivolous lawsuits. Mm-hmm. It almost should be treated like a frivolous defense. If you come in and say he has an exhibitionist disorder, and again, this is a short story. It probably went on for hours. But if you, at the end of this, if the judge says, you wasted our time with this and you provided nothing compelling there should be a penalty. We should deter this somehow. But how do? Maybe he did present something. Maybe, like, maybe. And the, the, there are a lot of unknowns that we don't know to this. So you you do what you can as as a lawyer. And um, again, I I think the judges. I think judges. I know judges are smart enough that they can smell BS a mile away. And, uh, and I, I think, think most can, of them. They yeah, can. They yeah. can put. They can put lawyers in their place, and and do not do do judges not actually kind of see a case before it's even heard and all that, and you well, know don't pre-trials. even waste my, don't yeah, even waste pre-trials. my time with this stuff. You know, so it, if it gets through the layers, if the day ever happens that you're on this show and you accidentally let a bad word slip out, just say I have an obscenity disorder, and nobody here will be able to do anything, and the CRTC will have to just say okay, okay, perfect. okay, yep. Should we test the theory? No. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, there was a lot of talk this week and last, and it seems to maybe have fallen off the table a little bit, but still in discussion about whether or not Canada, as part of our upcoming federal election, should be including as a platform for some party, and it seems the liberals are the ones that are looking at maybe doing this. Should we be having a national tax on pop? That if you want to go buy a pop, a can, a bottle, whatever else, that you will pay an extra fee because pop isn't good for you. Pop could cause overweight or uh, obesity, obesity, diabetes, all kinds of. Should we be charging people for drinking pop? Well, you know, this is the cynical side of me. Sure, why not? They, they tax us on everything else. You might as well tax us on pop as well. Go for it. And while you're at it, tax us on chocolate bars and, and all the stuff that's that's not good for us anymore. Go for it. Why not? You're doing it with cigarettes. You're doing it with alcohol. Just tax us. 
tax us. You're a, you're a masochist. Keep taxing us. Well, and that's see here. They should tax us for talking. The, uh, give it time. I know. Give it time. Th- that Beatles song, "The Tax Man," actually covers many of the things that we are joking about. You're not wrong, though, when you say they tax us on all these things, all the sin taxes, so cigarettes and cannabis now and alcohol and gambling. Gambling is a tax by itself. It's not even a tax on I don't think. I don't think there's a tax on that because the whole thing is a tax. But anyway, the problem with this is, and the, the reason that I really, I, I hate this idea, is because this would have to do, I think... This would have to open the door or lead us down the path to say, okay, anything that's bad for you, we will tax. And that is an endless list. It, 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 would, it would never end. But if, would it, will it get us out of debt maybe? It might. Will it balance the budget? It might. Or, or will, will people, hey, I don't want to, may, maybe there is a positive to this. Maybe people will say, geez, I don't want to pay all this anymore. I am going to lead a better, healthier, smarter life. Okay. What am I thinking? And no, that, they won't. And, they won't. No, no, I think there would be people. And I think there's evidence from other places that have imposed a pop or a soda tax that the soda drinking has gone down. Here's the problem with that. First of all, you are penalizing the companies that are doing, th- what they're doing is legal and you're penalizing them and they will then be paying less corporate tax. So you're making tax at one end, but you're losing tax at the other side. But the flip side of this, I go back to my point, which is, why just pop? So should there not be a burger tax, a special burger, a special fries tax, a chocolate bar tax, a licorice tax, an milkshake. ice cream tax, a milkshake tax? And, and, and those are just the obvious ones. What about, here's one, what about a tax to anyone who doesn't go, join a gym and use the gym? Oh, good one. A, a laziness tax. The lazy tax. That, drinking pop. Not great for you. No one's going to argue otherwise. As a treat, I mean, look, we, anything in moderation is probably going to be okay for you, but that's not, I don't think, what they're talking about. But drinking pop would be way less harmful to your health than sitting around doing nothing and just sitting on the couch all day, being inactive. And, and we might get to that point. But how? And so this to me seems just like a convenient out for every government that wants to propose this to say, I got a good idea. We'll nail them on this other tax. If we're truly trying to make this not about just putting money in the coffers, but about trying to make people healthy, this is a complete sham. It's a complete sham. It is a complete sham. And then you have to go, I would think, after the bigger corporations. And if you are truly, truly interested in the health of your constituents and of this country, you don't, you don't be taxing everyone. You do a better job as a government. You educate better. I mean, again, go down the list. What about a beef tax then? And beef is not something, I mean, people will argue that it is or isn't bad for you. If you eat nothing but beef, it's probably not good for you. But if you mix it in with your regular diet, it's fine. Couple, once, a couple times a week, not the end of the world. But are you, gonna, are you going to destroy the entire Canadian beef industry by saying, okay, we're going to put a 30% tax on anyone who eats beef? Well, well, that's another thing too. You know, you put tax on, on, on the pop, you want to penalize people, you know, then you're putting lots of people out of jobs. So where is that, where is that fine line? I don't know where it is. That's why I'm not in politics. But it just drives me nuts that the default position for politicians is always let's find a new tax rather than 
let's cut some stuff back that we are overspending because we're spending beyond our means. Well, that's where you just get Doug Ford involved. He's just cutting everywhere. <laughs> You're not wrong. No. You're not wrong. He's cutting everywhere. He ran on that. That's what he got elected to do. Right. And people pe- may not like it. People aren't liking it. You're right. And when I say people may not like it, no, there's a lot of people that aren't liking it. And there are things that he is cutting that I look at too, along with, and go, oh, you know, that's, I I wish we didn't have to do that. The problem is we have generations of politicians who have spent beyond their means. Of course. And. Because it's not their money. Because it's not their money. And what do we do? What do we do then when it comes time to pay the bills as we get further and further in debt? Soda taxes. Pop taxes, these taxes, we never want to cut anything. We always look for new things that we can tax. Download it to download it to everyone else. Make them pay. It's exactly though. So now we end up with mm-hmm. the cities are all upset because the province is cutting stuff and it's going to fall onto the cities. And my question to the cities becomes, well, wait a second. If the province is cutting stuff because we've got too big a debt in this province, we're spending more than we have. Mm-hmm. And look, we can have all the debate you want. I'm happy to listen to anybody say what they should or shouldn't be cutting. I'm talking in the big picture that yep. we have a massive deficit and a massive debt. If we have spending as a country, federally, provincially, m- too much money and we have to make cuts, why would a city be exempt from that? Why shouldn't the city also be saying we're spending? we're spending too much. And the funny part is the city, city people will say, we are not allowed to run a deficit, which is true. Mm-hmm. But what happens is if their costs go up, they simply raise taxes. So you don't have to run a deficit. It's a, it's a, a shell game basically. So I, I just don't know why we can't bring ourselves to ever say we have to cut stuff as opposed to let's just find more money. Doesn't find make any more sense. Money? Taxes. Find more money. Let's tax something else. Find more money. Tax the rich. Tax the pop. Tax this. Tax that. Why not say there are some things we just can't afford anymore? And that would be the that would be the smart, logical thing to do. But people are going to say, you're always going to have groups of people that are saying, no, we need that. We need X, Y, and Z. We need A, B, and C. We need that. We can't go without that. When I think, you know what? Maybe if you tried to go without it, you probably could. I'm, now, not, I'm not talking about the, 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 the policing and the social housing and the, and the health care. I'm not talking about those types of things. Those are important things. Those are, that's n- necessary. In the 1950s and 60s and 40s, when we were calling that, those people the greatest generation, did they have every single government program that we have now? No, and they somehow got by. Not even remotely the same number close. of government programs, and they somehow got by. Mind you, it was a much smaller population, a lot less people to deal with. One plus one does not equal two. I'm not arguing about that, but many of the things that, because you're right, it was a different world, Mm -hmm. but many of the things that we now consider absolute essentials didn't exist back then and people found ways to deal with it. Or were they essentials? We just weren't aware of them. It wasn't talked about. Things are being talked about a lot more nowadays. There are certain things, as I say, different world. There are certain things. We didn't have mental health coverage or mental health money going into it back then, as far as I know. So those are things we definitely want to, we want to have here. But So then at what point do you stop? Do you say, well, 
we shouldn't be putting money towards that. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if you see where I'm coming from now, but it, it seems like there's always new things coming up that we need, we're not aware of, that are being brought to our attention, whether it's through social media, conversations like this. Something else has come up. We've got to put money towards it. You now. want to know where, to me, where the biggest area of this is? There was a time when the number of people working in government was much, 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 much less. Now, again, you have to have people doing some of these things, but we have bloated government all at every single level. At every single level, we have bloated government. I don't, and I can't stress this enough because I've said this on this show innumerable times. I want nobody fired. But for heaven's sakes, in this country, in this province, in the city, we should be having a hiring freeze on right now to allow for attrition to get those numbers down. We have way too many people in the public sector. Agreed. And people aren't going to like this reminder, but look what Doug Ford did. He said enough. We're cutting council. It's bloated. Figure it out. People with, went nuts. With, with, yes. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the city of Toronto is still running fairly efficiently. And there are some it, areas. It's working, I think. Yeah. And there are some areas that you can't cut. And again, uh, this is not an argument to me, and this is not a, a this is not even a, a, a partisan thing. There are some areas you can't cut people. I don't think we want to be cutting in, I know they have, but I, I, like one area that I would not want to see cut is in like paramedics. Of course you, not. You ha- Any type of first responder. That's that's an area where I don't think we want that stuff cut. But do we need, do we need every single program that we have in our society right now? Do we need every single program? Is every single program an essential service? So there was a program that was just cut today. I, I read it very quickly. Ford's cutting another million dollars on the anti-smoking initiative for youth. Million bucks, gone. So it, you're, I'm sure you got people up in arms about that. We've survived, you know, we survived before. I'm sure we will find a way to survive now without another million dollars going towards it. Yes, the, no? The irony of that is that for those who love their taxes... More kids taking up smoking would lead to more than a million dollars bringing in. Therefore, hey, bonus. I mean, I'm being facetious, of course. And I kind of see how this cut is happening in the fact that it's not always up to the government now to tell people how to live their lives. Parents Oh, but that's exactly what the government... Parents also have to take the initiative to sit around the table with their kids because we are now, we are now very educated in how bad smoking is for you. As parents, it's all right to say, kids, you don't smoke for X, Y, Z, and all the other uh, alphabets that are out there in the world. You don't smoke. It's horrible for you. Don't do it. So if you can save a million bucks by, by cutting it, now, sadly, one example. Uh, sadly, a million bucks is... It's, not, it's a spit in the bucket. Exactly. It's not even that. Exactly. It's an eye drop in a big bucket. But I go back to where we started in this thing, that we mm-hmm. have governments that have created a situation for themselves. And look, I hope no one's taking this as a partisan argument because we've had governments of every stripe that have led to the situation we're in right now. This is not one one party that is at fault for this. All parties have contributed to this. We have a situation where we have no money to do many of the things. And so the default position is let's find new places to tax people. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying, you know what, uh, uh, let me stop for a second. Several times when talking to people, I've had politicians when I've said, if I ran my home budget 
like you run the budget, it would be crazy. And they say, it's not a fair comparison. To me, it's an absolutely fair comparison. If you don't have money to do something, you have to make some hard decisions. Mm-hmm. And if Mike Fortune's family, suddenly, if, if, if you were to lose your job, you don't just carry on. You, you can't carry on. Like as that. you have been. You have to make ch- hard choices. Or if Mike Fortune loses his, is, is struggling in business and can't afford to pay the bill, you find ways to cut so you can continue on just like cities and government should do. And it's not fun, I'm sure. It's not fun. It's very difficult. And it probably hurts. Tough decisions. And you may eat differently. You may entertain differently. You may live differently. But that's responsible adult, mature decision-making, that's what governments are missing, it and, seems, so often. And the scary thing with your the, the pop example is, I don't know how much, what was it, a couple extra cents per, 20, per case? No, they want to go up to 20%. 20%. 20% tax. Uh, that's big. That's, so, that's the proposed number. So 20% now, another 10 years, it's going to be up to 30%. Because once you add tax on something, oh, they never take you're it never off. taking it off. Very rarely. It's it, just going to keep going up and up and up. It happens occasionally, but very, very rarely. Because it, it, taxes are like crack for politicians. Once you try it, once you get one, mm-hmm. that's why it, it's so ironic, interestingly enough, that, that Doug Ford is fighting against the carbon tax. It's interesting that we're fighting against having a particular tax because that never happens. The politicians want to give that stuff up. But I, it's not the idea. The concept of wanting people to be healthier. Makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm all, all over that. Yep. It's the way you're doing it, that we always have this default position that says we've got to find a new tax. And besides that, as I said, there are other areas that if we do this, and then if this is, hey, great, we're making people healthier, are we going to have an obesity tax? What I mean, what about a body mass index tax? That before wait, before you do your taxes at the end of the year, you have to go to your you have to go to your doctor and get weighed in, and you're going to pay a percentage based on how fat you are. It's too bad they couldn't take these these taxes. Kind of, you know, like uh, if if your your son or daughter they reach that age where they're they're working and all, and you say, okay, you know what, you now have to start paying rent. So you give them the responsibility of paying rent, yet you're actually squirreling that money away for them. So you're kind of helping them save. It's too bad the government isn't gonna can't think of something like that. We're gonna tax you, but we're gonna keep it in the coffers so we can help you at some point down the road. Do you, do you know where I'm kind of coming from? Absolutely, absolutely. And we, and we don't we don't well. Governments certainly don't believe in saving. We believe in spending. If money comes in, there are rare governments. Credit to him for this. Uh, When Bill Clinton was in office, they paid off. They they got their budget back in the in the states. Now it was great times. It was it was big times. It was booming, booming. Everything was money was flowing in. But they did. They got they got that looked after. It. it, We don't do that very often. And I want to say one more time. And and forgive me to the people who heard me say this one before. It wasn't that long ago. But. we, our governments, because they can raise taxes to fit whatever needs they have, they decide, they budget and they decide, here's how much money we need in order to do all the programs that we want to do. And then they levy the taxes based on that amount that they have determined. What we should be expecting from our government is that they set a tax rate and then based on that tax rate, discover how much money they have to spend 
and spend within that budget. They do it backwards, which by definition, by description, allows them to spend as much as they want because they can always just add more tax to it. It's the opposite of every other person. Mike Fortune, Scott Radley, all of you listening, if you are on a salary, you know how much money you have coming in. Mm Mm-hmm. And you base your spending and And your your expenses and your lifestyle on that amount. You don't say, you know what? I need to go on three trips this year. I need to buy a new house. I need a new car. The furnace is kind of going. Why do I do that? I want new clothes for the kid. And you add up all the money you want to spend and it comes to X and you go, okay, work. This is how much you have to pay me. Mm -hmm. Give me a raise. That's (laughs) not how anybody works except for governments. Well, there are people I think that unfortunately live like that and then they just put themselves in credit card debt where they don't care. That's absolutely the point. That's absolutely true. And then what happens? You get buried in debt and you can never get out of it. Our governments, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. And that's not to say that there are not circumstances where you will take on debt. You take a mortgage. Take a mortgage, car loan. All right. So there are times. Necessity. There are times when you do it, but you don't do it as a yearly annual no. budget thing. You don't take out a mortgage every year. No, nope. Or a line of credit or uh, home improvements. I just don't understand how this is always the default position to say, let's find new streams of taxation to hit people with, even if the underlying concept behind it is a good idea. There might come a time when people tune into the Scott Radley Show Monday through Friday at 6 to 8, and every time you turn on that radio, you're taxed to listen to the Scott Radley Show. Well, there you go. Let's hope not. Just saying. This is a tax-free zone. Oh, nice. For as long as I can, I don't know. How, how could they, I was going to say, how could they tax your radio? Well, any anything is possible. Anything is taxable. Anything is they'll, possible. They'll find a way. They'll call up Jeff's story and say, okay, let's see your numbers. We got to start taxing the Radley show. It's better for you than pop. Much this conversation, of course it is. And less filling. <laughs> well, and tastes great. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. So, Mike, we are in the middle of a uh, basketball, well, not in the middle. We're at the beginning of the end, I guess. We're in the last <laughs> round of the NBA Finals. The Raptors are playing the Golden State Warriors last night, if you were somehow not paying attention or didn't hear anything. The Raptors won, uh, surprising many people, uh, especially because Golden State looked not very good in that game. Which, looked a little rusty. Uh, they looked rusty. They looked like, I thought they looked overconfident. They looked a little disinterested, a little flat. Uh, we'll see what game two on Sunday holds. I think game two... Different story. Do we well, know? I think game two is going to determine an awful lot about the series because if Golden State comes out looking like Golden State... But if they come out and the Raptors handle them again, we may look and say, you know, the Raptors are much better than we thought they were. And it's going to be interesting because game one, it's that old saying, you may have poked the bear. That's exactly right. And, and if you may poke the bear, look out, you you might be down, you might be uh, out in five games pretty quickly. Or, as I say, yeah. we may find out that the Raptors, you know what, the way they play is just kryptonite to Golden State somehow because they're now 3-0 and this year against them. Um, and two of those were without Kawhi. I no, believe. one was without Kawhi. One, one without, without and Kawhi. one was without Steph Curry on the other side. So, um, and and even yesterday, I, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but looking at the stat lines, Kawhi again, excellent ball player. But you you look at the supporting cast well, around they were, him; they were doubling him the whole game. Anyway, this leads me to yes. what I wanted to talk to you about because 
some guy on Twitter, uh, for the for the record, his name is Gil Meslin. No idea who Gil is, but he had a great tweet because he dug up this old Toronto Star clipping from back in 1994. The Raptors started in 95. 94, the team was being put together, and they had a Name the Team contest. And people had submitted some names that you could vote upon. I, from best I can tell, every name that was put out there by someone got put onto the as long as it was not filthy, got put onto the ballot that you could then vote for, even though I'm reasonably sure, if I recall correctly, that Raptors had been chosen long before the contest had happened. I think that's what normally happens, yes. So let's go through. I want to give you some of the possible names that the Toronto Raptors... So today, when we're talking about the Raptors, and let's go Raptors, and it all sings, and it's a dinosaur, and all the rest, it's all working pretty well. Uh, And don't forget, 1993... Leading into 94 was when Jurassic Park came out. So that's where the Raptor whole thing came from. It was a big dino explosion. How would we have done if we were cheering for the Toronto Attitude? I could see that word. I don't know what your mascot would be. (laughs) It would be Drake. A a big exclamation point. You know, I don't know. The Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We kind of have the Toronto Attitude. We already have the Toronto Attitudes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the Toronto Axis. See, that to me sounds a little bit German. Like, uh, like wartime German. How were they spelling it? A-X-I-S. Axis. Axis. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that one. The Toronto Beagles. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, let's go Beagles. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't sound very... It um, sings, but it's not intimidating. It's not, it's not a tough... No. It's like a little dog that and rubs up against you and... about a beagle. Yeah, exactly. Snuggles with you. Yeah. They're not ferocious. The Toronto Beavers. Is there not a team out there, the Beavers, somewhere? I, the, uh, there, there must be somewhere. There is. Santa Clara S- University. S- uh, yeah. Some minor league team or, yeah. Uh, the, oh, he, this one I, I find very odd that this made it into the list. The Toronto Blue Flames. Which is, isn't this the what you did flames. when you light, lit a fart on fire at summer camp as a kid? <laughs> you got the blue flame? I don't know what you were doing in your uh. camps. But no, you get the blue flame that comes up when you light up your Bunsen burner with the, the spark and all that. The blue flame. Because you're hot, you're on fire. That's the hottest part of the flame. The blue basketballs. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> the Toronto Bounce. The Bounce. The Bounce. Let's go. Which is, not, which is not an. First of all, you couldn't do that, and it's not a noun. I guess you can have some. You can, well, there really isn't, unless you're talking about the the, the laundry detergent, the you, laundry the sheets. Thing, the thing with team names, you can get away with anything, just like Toronto Maple Leaf the leaves. Heat. Yeah, the Miami Heat. Well, if I've always wondered that, if you're a member of the Miami Heat, what are you? Are you a hot? <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a Heat. You're, you're the Heatians. The, <laughs> the, the I don't know the Heatans. Uh, the uh, here's a, one of the more ridiculous ones. I'm going sort of alphabetically. The Toronto Canadian A's, A, yeah. with Bob and Doug McKenzie. The Toronto Centurions. That's that would have been ridiculous. No, you don't think so? You think so? Ah, probably get away with that one. Yeah, well, well the, it would have looked like Vegas Golden Knights now, really. And it, but and it works. Or it works in Vegas. How about the Toronto Cougars? I think there's a website out there. Isn't there? <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> yeah, you can subs- you can subscribe now to yeah, the Toronto a month. The, Tor- <laughs> the Toronto Glaciers. Again, uh, that, that's not bad. Except, come on, Glaciers. You it's got a big... fast. It's a fast moving team. You know, yeah, but you, you know, you get the glaciers. They're big. They're strong. They're powerful. They're melting. They're... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the glaciers. 
You just got to hope that if you call yourself the glaciers, that some other expansion team doesn't call itself the climate change. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're going to melt you. <laughs> You'd have fun as a sports guy writing stories about uh, that the, in headlines. The Toronto Great Lakers. That's stupid. Well, because you got the Lakers. Yeah, so uh, the Toronto Hogs. Now, it's Hogtown. Yeah. I don't mind this one. As stupid as the name as it sounds, I don't mind it. Then you got the Iron Pigs. You got the Iron Pigs in minor league baseball. Hogs, pigs. Sure, why not? The, I'm sure people would be offended, though, by that. I'm sure. Farmers the, would The be. Toronto Ice. Too stereotypical. Yeah. Don't like it. The Toronto John and, Candies. And, and, and you don't play basketball on ice. No. So that doesn't make sense. The Toronto John Candies. The John Candies. I love the Toronto John Candies. What would it be? A, a bag of Skittles as the logo? No. No, you would have uh, you would have him as some Yash and Stan Schmengi. Just have a silhouette no. of him on your jersey. I don't. It know. is our tribute to John Williams. <laughs> well done. We'd like to thank Mrs. Kapinski for the cabin rolls and coffee. <laughs> think of the possibilities. Oh wow! You could have you could have theme night where you wear cabbage roll and coffee uniforms, and all the music played in the arena would be polka. It'd be, that's a heck of a theme. Heck, it, would be, it would be a basketball experience unlike any other. That's going to be in everyone's head now. The Toronto Schmengies should have the, been the, the better the one. Schmengies. Uh, where did I leave off here? Uh, the Toronto Killer Whales, because we have a great amount of killer whales in near Lake Toronto. Ontario, yeah. Well, we got the Ripley's now, so. Uh, the Toronto, I don't even get this one. The Toronto Lakelanders. Yeah, it's. I don't get that one. People just putting stuff together now. Yeah, the the Toronto. What is a Lakelander? I don't know. There isn't a thing. The Toronto Oarsman. These are all names, so by the way. If you're just tuning in, these are names that were proposed and you could have voted on them in 1994 instead the, of the Raptors. The Oarsman, that's just a spinoff the Argos, right? That's uh, very good. I never thought of that. Yes. See? There See? you go. The Toronto Polar Bears. Again, I don't know why we're, well, I get it. We're north, we're Canada, but you're. You're you're feeding into everyone's idea that we all live in igloos up here with glaciers and polar bears and all that stuff. Here's one that I did like, and I remember this one from back then. I remember the people proposing this one, which fits in with, we ended up with raptors, but the Torontosaurus Rex. Yeah, I remember hearing that one too. Yeah. That's not bad. That's, it's okay. Except if you take Toronto out of it, it's just ridiculous. Where did the Saurus Rex? The Saurus What's Rex that mean? And how do you put that in a chant? And people, if you spell it wrong, it sounds like you've got like really big sores. Yeah. Because Rex means the king. So it'll be the king of the sores. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is But very again, painful. going with the raptor, th- the, yeah. the dinosaur theme back in the day. The, uh, oh man, a lot of different sky ones. Skyline. And that sky, make- sky hooks, sky hawks, sky jammers, well, we sky larks, skyliners, skyscrapers, sky toppers, sky walkers. The sturgeons. The sturgeons. First of all, mm. Sturgeon is the appropriate, is the proper language, not plural. You're not supposed That's to plural. Put it in no. plural. So it'll be the Toronto Sturgeon. The Toronto Sturgeon. The Toronto Swish. Not bad. Basketball related, at least. Better than Toronto Airball. <laughs> that would have been in the expansion years. Yeah, yeah, we would right. have changed our team name partway through. The Airball. <laughs> <laughs> the Toronto Tall Boys. Not bad. All you just need Labats or some Absolutely. beer company to to own it. Uh, here's one that I, now you asked what you could do for a mascot. Mm-hmm. Let's put the Mike Fortune brilliant mind to work here. Oh boy. What would your mascot be if you had chosen the name, the Toronto Technotronics? Toronto Techn, <laughs> she's, I, it's, a, it's like a dance club. It's like a, a rave party. 
Now that mm-hmm. opposite the Schmengi brothers, this would have been an all night Raptors dance techno party every night. It would just be a big crystal ball. The Toronto Tectonics, the Toronto Thunder Ducks. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you, you stop. Yeah, it's one or the other. You don't combine thunder and ducks. That just doesn't work, folks. <laughs> it would sound like an Aflac commercial yeah, in a storm. Exactly. Imagine that chant throughout uh, the Scotiabank Arena. The Toronto Toque. The Tooks? The Toque. The Tooks. Not bad. You, some, not great, bad. some great marketing campaigns and yeah. ideas and, and paraphernalia out if there. If you were trying your best to make sure that every stereotype of Canada existed forever, there's your one. You could do the Toque Day and uh, send them some little maple syrup and all that. The Toronto Torque, the Toronto Torpedoes. The there tr- weren't the Lumberjacks, eh? There no Lumberjacks uh, there? I, it Toronto. cuts off before I can get there, oh, but okay. Lumberjack was probably in there. Uh, the Toronto Toucans, because again... Of the flocks of tropical rainforest birds <laughs> that we have flying around in this area. The toucans. Good cereal deal. You know, it, the, the thing is, at the time, and there's other ones in here, there's lots of other ones, but... You just at, throw stuff out. At the time, raptors got kind of pooped on because it was very taking advantage of the whole Jurassic Park movie thing and everything else, and it was a little opportunistic. I got it. It's it's held up okay. It's held up, and I, I'm really happy they've got rid of at least on the jersey. I'm happy they got rid of the, the the dinosaur and the big purple jersey. I wasn't a fan of those, but again, at the time to get the kids into it, bright, big, bright, colorful. That's what you have to do. Now I don't remember when Oliver that, Miller was on the team and he wore that. He looked like Barney. Exactly. Yeah, but you you define it over time. You can change it up. Now, I wasn't around when, or I, at least I don't remember, but I'm sure the Blue Jays were given a lot of run for their money when they came up with that name. Do you recall or I remember do. that at all? And do you know why they're called the Blue Jays? Because they were owned by Labatt Blue, right? And Labatt's, the story goes that Labatt's was quite insistent that Blue be in the name somehow. Right. And I think it was Paul Godfrey wrote or talked about this one time or someone else involved. The belief was, the hope in the Labatt office was that when we called them Blue Jays, that the folks would shorten it to the Blues. Oh, really? Instead, they shortened it to the Jays. They they ended up whiffing on that one. Which you normally do. It's always the last word that you're going to shorten it to. So, and calling them the Jay Blues would have been stupid. (laughs) Very much so. Anyway, no, you know what? Uh, weirdly enough, Raptors, which was not the fan favorite at that time, because again, it just seemed very almost childish in a weird way. It's it's held up okay. It's worked. And it's worked. It's a great chant, and you can have lots of fun. I got to say, their new logo that they have now with the basketball and the claw in it, I it think that's cool. genius. That's it looks really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and how they play with the keeping in mind that we're Canada and they got the North jerseys and we are North. They, they've done, a, I have to say, the Raptors have done an excellent job catering to, they know who their demographic and their market is. Sure they do. Sure they do. And and Raptors now, I'm not sure anybody who goes to the game thinks of it as a dinosaur no. necessarily. They think of it as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there were some of them. The, Aca- the Arcadians, the Athletics. Well, weird. The. Oh, you got Oakland. The Hurons, the Pioneers, the Phantoms, the North Stars, the... Was there a prize? Oh, yeah. Was there a prize yeah, if the, you named the Raptors? Here's lifetime maybe the tickets stoop, or something? Here's the weirdest one, maybe. There's a lot of them that I've said that about. The Toronto Chili. 
chili, like chili, like chili, like like the meat, chili, like the dinner, like the dinner. Yeah. Hey, if you eat the maybe the chili night, chili led to the Toronto Blue Flames. (laughs) (laughs) It's all it's all coming together together together. now. You just have to be open minded about it, Scott. Yes, and that follows the Toronto Hurricane. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.